Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. Some of you didn't know. Happier and getting happier every day. I heard about the father who told his little boy several times to sit down at the table. And he finally said to him, sit down or I'll spank you. And the boy sat down reluctantly and was silently pouting. And then he finally said to his dad, I may be sitting down on the outside but I'm standing up on the inside. And you know, that little boy didn't realize, but he was putting out there a principle that regardless of what's happening on the outside, we can choose how to respond on the inside. John 10.10 is our verse for this whole series. Jesus said, The thief, Satan, the devil, comes only to steal our joy, and kill, kill our spirits, and destroy, destroy our plans. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, overflowing, abundant, the joyful life. And then in John 15, 11, these words, I have told you this so that my joy, Jesus' joy, may be in you. Isn't that wonderful? We can have Jesus' joy in us. And that your joy, this Jesus' joy in you, may be complete. All the joy that you could ever need. What is happiness? How do we define it? Happiness is the meaning and the purpose of life. The whole aim of human existence. That's what Aristotle said. It's a pretty good definition. So to most people, happiness is the ultimate goal in life. Uh, numerous studies out there that, that show that if people are happy, they are, they're better off in every area of life. Uh, their marriages are better. They make more money. They do better on their jobs. Every part of their life, they, they're more religious, they, they're more prayerful. So that's why everybody wants to be happy. So what is this thing called happiness? My definition would not be a sentence, but just a group of words. I think they'll probably put these words up on the screen. But these words, pleasure, that's certainly a part of happiness. Meaning, purpose, contentment, inner peace. Well-being, hope, belonging. So happiness covers so many things. Last week we talked about the problem with most people is that they look for happiness in the wrong things. People, circumstances, and things. Those are the great joy robbers. If you look to people, circumstances, and things for your happiness, you're going to be sadly disappointed. And you're not going to be happy. 
somehow we always think that happiness is around the next curve. It's over the next hill. We have this conception that with the next purchase, the next event, the next relationship, then I'm going to be happy. It's almost like we think that there's, there's going to be some out there, some magical moment when all of a sudden happiness is going to rush into my life and I'm going to be deliriously happy from that moment on forever and ever. Amen. Trouble is, that's a great big fat lie. Because happiness is not external or circumstantial. Happiness is internal. Happiness is not in the future. It's in the now. Listen to me. here's Here's the bottom line. If you could be anything that you ever wanted to be, if you could have everything that you ever wanted to have, if you could do anything that you ever wanted to do, you still would not be happy. Sure, you'd have some happy moments and happy times, but you wouldn't be happy. Dr. Barclay, William Barclay, a Bible scholar, said this, Joy has nothing to do with material things or with a man's outward circumstance. A man living, listen to this, a man living in the lap of luxury can be wretched, miserable, and a man in the depths of poverty can overflow with joy. Happiness is not in external things. So if you want to be happy, you you take charge of your own happiness. Take charge. You should have notes there and fill in fill in the blanks. And if you if uh, you're melancholy and I, I miss something, uh, you got the answers down there at the bottom. All right. Take charge of your own happiness. Now. Let, let me see the whites of your eye. If, if, if you want to know the person that's responsible for your unhappiness, then simply look in the mirror. If you want to blame someone for your unhappiness, blame yourself. If you want to kick something, kick yourself. Because the bottom line is you and you alone are responsible for your happiness. You want to be mad at somebody? Be mad at yourself. One of the greatest discoveries you can ever make is to to realize that you are directly responsible for your own happiness. And if you can take responsibility for your own life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you will take a huge step forward in becoming a happy person. And the two happiness principles I want us to nail down. Number one, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is internal. It's not external. And it's unrealistic to expect to find happiness anywhere else. You can't find it out there because it's not out there. It's in here. It's inside. It comes from within and is not based on outward circumstances. Now listen to me. Nobody can make you unhappy. Your spouse can't. Your mother-in-law can't. Your kids can't. 
Your boss can't. Your preacher can't. The devil can't. And God won't. You see, nobody can make you unhappy. When you're unhappy, it's because you have chosen to be unhappy. Unhappy. So that's the second thing we want to nail down. Happiness, number one, is an inside job. Number two, happiness is always a choice. The wise Aristotle said, listen to this, happiness depends on ourselves. So this is not a very new thought, is it, about happiness is, is something that, that's your choice. It said it depends on you. To be happy Abraham Lincoln said, people are as happy as they want to be. People are as happy as they want to be. So so it's not anything new to say that happiness is a choice. It's an inside job, and it's a choice, and it's up to you. It's amazing to me that we have no trouble believing that, that we can make ourselves unhappy, but we have trouble believing we can make ourselves happy. But the two are equal. You can equally make yourself happy or you can make yourself unhappy. Now, you may not like what life hands you, and and that's okay. But you can choose whether what life hands you makes you bitter or better. That's your choice. In your thought processes, you can take lemons and make lemonade. It's up to you because you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control your response to what happens to you. I've probably read 150 books, self-help kind of books, and almost every one of them in one way or another has a version of this sentence. It's not what happens to us in life that matters. It's how we respond to what happens to us. That matters. Profound and yet so simple. And one of the, a great example of that is a psychiatrist who, who wrote uh, the book *Man's Search for Meaning*. A Jew, and he uh, was imprisoned by the Nazis in World War II. His wife was killed. His children were killed. His parents were killed. He was brutalized and beaten. He worked 14 hours a day in the woods in two feet of snow. He was given five ounces of bread and watery soup every four days. He saw his friends and companions be killed. And after they were killed, they were stacked like cordwood and then rolled into a crematorium and and they were burned. He saw other of his companions commit suicide. They found a hot wire and grabbed a hold of that wire and and took their life. And he thought about that. He thought maybe that's what I ought to do because he he became resentful and, and angry. And he thought maybe I just ought to end it. But then he said this. He said, you know, God has put something in me that is alive. 
He was unable to control anything externally. But he found freedom by discovering the greatest gift you can ever discover. That you can't control what happens to you. But you can control how you respond to what happens to you. And I want you to listen to what he said. These are his words. I lost my choice on everything else in life. But my human dignity was restored when I realized I could still choose my attitude. I began to make the choices of attitude, of love, of compassion, of caring, of courage. He chose to be happy regardless of circumstances. And he was a human being just like you're a human being. And if he could do that, you see, more than likely you will never be under as severe of circumstances as he was under. You will not have to experience the depth of human suffering that he had to experience. So if he could do it, you can do it, and I can do it. Now, to be honest, some people choose to be, ha- to be unhappy without realizing it. That would be me. You see, sometimes I choose to be unhappy, but I'm not realizing that I'm doing that. I, don't ever, I, would, I would not ever say to myself, I'm choosing to be unhappy. But yet my thought processes can move in that direction. And I've talked myself into being unhappy more times than I want to admit. And it's so easy to do. When I can't make myself worry or be afraid of something that might happen or could happen, what I'm doing is I'm setting myself up to be unhappy. When I tell myself that I have so much to do today, there's no way that I can possibly doing it, I'm setting myself up to have an unhappy day. Now, those of us who have melancholy temperament, we, you know, we, we struggle with this more than, than, than other people. You know, I, I'm, I'm really good at finding ways, real or imagined, to be unhappy inside. So th- there are a lot of people who choose to be unhappy, but they don't realize it. Because it's the result of their thought processes. Now, to fight that is to be proactive. You see, if I'm not proactive... In choosing happiness, I will by default be unhappy. Because, I mean, I'm like many of you. I've got enough stress in my life, enough struggles and challenges in my life that, that I can always find a reason to be unhappy about something, and you can too. So if we're going to be happy people and we're going to get happy and happier, then, then we're going to have to b- become proactive on the positive side and we're going to have to choose to be happy and look for reasons to be happy. I'll give you another example. Uh, do you ever say, I'm so stressed out on my job, I can't be happy? Yes, you can. Be thankful for stress. Because without the stress, you wouldn't have the job, right? No stress, no job. No job, no money. 
You see how easy it is for us to, to use whatever is happening to us in life and give excuse to be unhappy? And, and then unhappy just takes us down. And so we have to reverse that and be proactive and choose to be happy. Now, there are others who choose to be unhappy and they realize it. You know any of those? I know some people that they've been unhappy ever since I've known them, 20, 25 years. Some of them are dead now. They're probably not happy about that either. (laughs) And others just continue to parade their unhappiness. It may be that they do not receive enough attention for being positive, and so they're negative and they're unhappy. They're getting some kind of emotional payback or they wouldn't be unhappy all the time. But now check it out. Christianity and a negative attitude are incompatible. Let me say that again because some of you missed it. Christianity and a negative attitude are incompatible. Don't complain, celebrate. Don't whine, shine. If you do not intend to be happy, by default, you will be unhappy. So if you want to be a happy person, you've got to intend to be happy. We live in a dysfunctional world. We're all dysfunctional. And if we're going to be happy people, we're going to have to intend to be happy. Stop defending your unhappiness. See, most people are unhappy. And it's their own fault, but they're unhappy. And then unhappy people seem to want to defend their unhappiness. We all have defense systems that we build up from our childhood and they go with us into our adulthood. And in our efforts to protect ourselves from hurts or disappointments from people, what we do is we build walls around us. We don't want to let other people in. And what we don't understand is when we wall others out, we wall ourselves in. When you wall other people out, you wall yourself in. And while you're seeking freedom, you become imprisoned. See, if you turn inward, you become a prisoner. Let me give you some examples of how we defend ourselves. You say, well, that's just the way I am. Are we denial of poor me pity parties? Our blame or sarcasm? Those are just signs that, that we are defending our unhappiness. But you see, happy people don't need to be defensive. And happy people do not see themselves as victims. They see themselves as someone who wants to be happy in life and he wants to move forward in life. Doesn't want to blame, doesn't want to look for somebody or something to blame, but wants to have a happy life. Now listen, simple enough. If you want to be happy, drop your defenses and you can pick up your happiness. Drop your defenses and you can pick up your happiness. But as long as you defend your unhappiness, and excuse your unhappiness, you're not going to ever, ever 
be happy. Now, to choose happiness requires you to be real. If you're phony, if you're fake, if you're pretending, you're not going to be happy. Never, 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 never apologize for who you are. God made you, he made you special. And when you apologize for who you are, it is a sin against yourself. No excuses, no complaints. This is who I am, warts and all. And I'm glad to be who I am. See, here's the problem. If you're on the outside one way, how you appear to people, Because see, most of you know how to turn on happiness and turn it off. At least you try to. It's not really genuine happiness. But you're one way on the outside and you're another way on the inside. What you have is you have internal turbulence. You're going to be unhappy because in order to be happy, your insides and your outside have to match. So you're going to have to be real. Secrets make us sick. Hiding from ourselves, hiding from others, not being willing to be open. You see, the more open you are, the happier you're going to be. Drop those defenses. Be who you are. Be genuine, inside and outside, the same person. To choose happiness not only means to be real, it means to be realistic. One person sees a glass half full and another person sees a glass half empty. Which way does a happy person see the glass? Half full. And that is a great answer. It's just wrong. Because a happy person sees the glass both half empty and both half full. Because a happy person sees life as it is. Not like you want it to be. But a happy person deals with reality. This is reality. This is what's come into my life. This is what I have to deal with. So if we're going to be happy, we have to be realistic about life because the truth is life is difficult and problems are everywhere and you're going to have struggles in your life. Get over it. That's life. So if you're going to be happy, you have to understand that this is a part of the human predicament. This is how humans are. We are in a fallen world. We will have problems. We will struggle. We will have difficulties. No exceptions to that. But happy people know that no matter what happens, I can choose to be happy. It's my choice. See, stop letting the world steal your happiness. Don't let that problem, that difficulty take away your joy because you have the power to choose. Some choose to be happy now. Some people choose to be unhappy without knowing it, without realizing it. 
Some choose to be unhappy, and they're realizing it. But there are others who just consistently choose to be happy now. How? First, by loving God with your heart, mind, and soul. That's the beginning. That's the first step. And the second step is love yourself. Love yourself enough to create a happy life. And you can do that because you have God within you to help you. Number three, love others and add value to their lives. Love other people and add value to their lives. Number four, take ownership of your problems and take full responsibility for your happiness. Then number five, intend, intend to be happy. You understand and get this down. Don't go home without knowing this. If you're not intentional about being happy, you will by default be unhappy. If you're not working at happiness, friend, you're going to be unhappy. And if you're a melancholy, you're going to have to work harder than the others. You say, well, if it's all that work, I don't want to mess with it. Did you not hear me when I said, if you're happy, everything about life is better. You're a better person. You have better relationships. You have a better marriage. You have more success. You have more money. Life is better. But it doesn't come automatically. Happiness has to be chosen. You have to be intentional about happiness. You have to intend to be happy. Every day you have to make the choice to choose happiness because the default is unhappiness. Two men were seriously ill. They were in a hospital and they they placed them in in a very small room. The room had a door, two beds, and two bedside tables, and a window. Both men, because of their illness, were flat on their backs. But the one one man, the one who was by the window, because of his condition, he had to be elevated for an hour every day. So they would come in in the afternoon, and they would raise him up for an hour. The other man would lie on his back. And so while this man was sitting up for that hour, they, they had been talking, you know, he'd been talking with his, the guy next to him. They talked about everything they knew. I mean, they talked about their growing up and their, their, their marriage and their kids and being in the war and their hobbies and their vacations. And they, they'd done all that. So one day while this man was sitting up, he looked out the window and he began to describe to his friend what he saw out the window. And he talked about it. Evidently it was, it was overlooking a lake and there were trees and, and grassy areas. And then there, it was like a, a park situation and, and he saw swans and, and ducks and and kids with uh, little 
toy sailboats out in the water and saw a, a, he would describe a, a, a couple of lovers holding hands, uh, walking under the trees. He talked about people out there on blankets uh, under the sun and enjoying the sun. He described beautiful flowers and then games, uh, softball games out there. And then behind, behind the trees, he said, you can see the skyline of the city. And the man on the back would just listen and enjoy every minute. One day he talked about seeing a child fall in the water and, and then getting that child back out of the lake. And one day there's an exciting ball game that, that he described. He talked about a little boy with, with a puppy out there, the little boy playing with that puppy. Then one afternoon there was a parade. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. This man who flat of his back couldn't see anything became angry, resentful. And he became bitter the next few days. He couldn't get it out of his mind. And the more he was embarrassed, he knew he shouldn't feel that way, but he was so embarrassed that but he kept on, it kept on getting worse and worse. He felt like he should be by that window. He should be able to see those things. He should change places with that man. He got to where he couldn't sleep. And he got worse physically. He got sicker. And one night, unable to sleep, he was flat on his back looking up at the ceiling. And he heard the man next to him coughing. And the man just was coughing and then started choking. And he lay there and he listened. And he choked. And he was trying to grope for the button, to mash the button, to call the nurse. But he couldn't get to the button. And the man didn't move. He just laid there silently. And then the coughing stopped. And his breath stopped. And that man just laid in silence until the next morning the nurse came in and found the man dead. And they took him out of the room. And then he waited a little while and when the nurse came in, he said, I, I want to move to the other bed by the window. And the nurse said, okay, we'll move you. And they moved him over to the bed by the window. And then he waited a little more time. And then with pain and labor, he pulled himself up on his elbow to look out that window. And he looked out the window and it faced a blank wall. Now listen to me. In your life, you will face blank walls. The wall is neutral. You have a choice of what you do with that blank wall. You can choose to find good. You can choose to be happy regardless. You can't, you can't move the blank wall. And the blank wall is not your problem. It's neutral. But you have a choice. You can allow that blank wall to defeat you and to destroy you, or you 
can find happiness in that blank wall. It's your choice. Now listen carefully. Do not miss what I'm about to say. Happiness is a choice. But only after you make the choice to accept Jesus Christ. Lasting happiness is a choice only after you make the choice of receiving God's unconditional love in Jesus Christ and inviting him into your heart and life to forgive you and to change you. And then God literally inhabits your life. And God is joy. His character is joy. So the God that's within you is a God of joy. And the joy in you will bubble up through your life if you will choose to be happy. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry. 